Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. Dustin Galker is with me again this week. And Dustin, um, something may or may not have happened this week. I don't know if you have even been able to come up for air. I appreciate you being able to be here. We're doing this on Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock Pacific time. So we are about, you know, 18, uh, uh, 36-ish hours removed from what you and I have been waiting on for quite some time. Uh, yeah, something happened yesterday, I guess. It seems like people are talking about it. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, we're, uh, I woke up at 7 o'clock prepared to just be uh, able to punt on the Supreme Court sports betting a case again. And uh, lo and behold, it was the first decision out. And we have a brand new world. It's an exciting time to be alive. Yes, in case you were living under a rock. And if so, welcome rock people. And thank you for listening <laughs> to our podcast and use of your very limited data that you might or may or may, or may not have living under your rock. Uh, thank you for using that on us and listening to this. Um, the Supreme Court did come back. I think that you kind of knew that it was probably going to happen whenever they said that three decisions were actually going to be made. I think that's when the buzz started happening and said, oh man, this is really going to happen today. There's a really good chance of this. And they come back in first reported seven to two, but once you read it, it really looked like more six to three. And that's where we are. Can you explain kind of the seven to two and six to three thing? Because I'm sure people have read headlines with, with different numbers here and wondering what's going on there. Yeah, so the Supreme Court issues decisions uh, based on uh, who believe, who agrees with who. Six of them pretty much agreed with each other entirely that uh, PASP is unconstitutional, uh, should, needs to be struck down. Uh, and one of the justices uh, actually kind of sided with sort of the six and what sided with the other, the two that dissented against the the majority. So it was like a half a vote. So if you're, if you're betting the over-under on how many justices, I don't know, it got kind of a little messy there. Um, but yes, it was... Uh, I think six safely, which all you needed was five. And uh, we have brand new sports betting world and no federal ban uh, of sports gambling anymore. Yeah. And, you know, we appreciate you guys listening to us here. And one of the things that we are going to try to do here is bring you uh, really and truly kind of the 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 nuts and bolts of all this stuff and things that are going on here and mixed with some of our opinions, but you're not, what you're not going to get is hyperbole and what you're not going to get is inaccuracies and what you're not going to get is a lot of the stuff that's really going around right now in the Twitter machine. And even in some published articles in major media outlets, that's why you should always be going to legal sports report.com going to the lines.com going to online poker because um, a lot of people right now see blood in the water, Dustin, they see that this is something that's going to be hot and they're, have been a lot of takes that are going on right now that frankly you know you and i talking kind of back and forth uh i'm not going to say uneducated i'll just say uninformed and with that can create you know some problems with all of this yeah absolutely we saw a bunch of people parachuting into this issue who had never talked about it before or if they had it's only been behind closed doors or with friends so you know we have uh, journalist types who are probably pretty good journalists generally but they didn't quite don't quite understand the issue we have people uh, interested in sports and gaming who just don't understand the industry i was just as i was getting on here i was reading a cnbc article that said iowa is about to within months of having legal sports betting that's nowhere near the truth if you're in iowa i'm sorry you're not going to be able to bet on sports if you've seen something that says you are 
that's not true. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating that we're uh, dealing with a lot of mis- misinformation. Uh, we hope to we strive to do the best that we can in giving you what's actually happening. And we've been I've been following this issue for three years. Uh, that's all I do, and uh, so I'm hoping I'm giving you guys the best information that I can. And, and what this means here, guys, is the fact that yes, this this decision did come down. But what this means is your your state that you live in still has to pass laws. There still has to be things written. There still has to be things passed. There still has to be actual shops set up for you to do all this thing. That doesn't mean it's legal for you to walk down the street and now you and your bookie can just bet on sports and it's all good. Like that's not what this decision actually played out here. And there's some people who I'm seeing headlines come out and just like, oh, it's legal to bet sports now. Well, you know, with an asterisk, people should be putting an asterisk beside, but beside that and with the, you know, the caveat that, with regulation, with laws, with everything that goes along with this, it is legal to bet sports. It's not just legal to bet sports. Right. Uh, basically, all we do, we've we've rewound the clock to 1992 before we had passed with the law that the, the Supreme Court struck down. Right. So we're in a world where all the laws that existed still exist. And the laws that have been passed in, in recent years that actually legalize sports betting are now able to be implemented. So we're seeing the, the fruits of that where Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Mississippi uh, have already acted to, to legalize sports betting pending this decision. So they're going to be uh, moving to legalize it and regulate it in the coming days. But, yeah, you yeah, you, things you can't do. You can't just go legally bet at uh, casinos right now. There, there's not sports books operating wherever your local casino is or off-track betting. That's not not true. You can't just uh, open a sports betting website if you want to. <laughs> that's also something that I've seen people saying. Oh, I'm just going to open a sports book a sports book now. Like, no, that's not that's not true either. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, still a lot to unpack from what from what happened yesterday. In a lot of ways, it's just the beginning, not really the end of, of the sports betting journey here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you have you know a half a billion dollars, maybe, and you wanted to open a sports Sports book. You might can at least make start to make some headway, but unless you have, you know, half a billion dollars laying around somewhere, I don't think that's going to be in the cards here. Now, if you guys have listened to the first three episodes of the pod, you know that we normally hit on all of the biggest news throughout the week. And while there was things that, you know, other things that went on, obviously, we're going to focus mainly 100 percent this one on this decision here. Just such huge, huge stuff and all the ramifications that go on. There will be a little bit of news at the end of the podcast. That is what we call in the business a tease. So stick around a little bit of information that Dustin was able to find out today and uh, broke on LegalSportsReport.com. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Um, one of the things that people want to talk about here, and, and we should get into this because there are several different you know, opinions on how this all goes and talking about winners and losers of how this all goes down. And one of the kind of unintended winners of this, at least in the short term, and Dustin, you've brought this up and I've seen, you know, Chris Grove bring this up as well. Uh, you know, one of our uh, another one of our bright minds that works with us here is the fact that, you know, illegal sports books, while we do think in the long term, this is going to be, you know, obviously terrible for them in the short term. Um, there actually could probably be a decent little bump for these guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're like searching for sports betting, uh, I, I, I do those searches all the time just to see what's going on uh, in the news side of things. And if you just do a, a Google search, you're still getting offshore sports books when you go Google sports bet sports betting or, or related terms. So they're going to see, yeah, they're going to say people are going to just search for it and say, oh, I can bet on sports here. Uh, this is great. I'm going to go do that. So those are obviously unregulated sites. No, there's no other outside in Nevada. There's currently no still no legal betting even after the decision. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're going to get, I think 
think, uh, you know, a sizable short-term bump. Uh, in the long term, it's going to definitely be competition for them and, and, and hurt them. But yeah, right this second, I think it's probably pretty good for business. Yeah, I would think that probably if, if we could get their, you know, inside analytics and things like that, I would imagine they got a bunch of new signups over the last 24 hours. And uh, guys, if you're listening to this and you're not quite sure how this all works, like Dustin said, you can't play these are not the sites that are talking about with this decision here this is not how this all works now would you call chris christie a winner in all this just a guy that you know i mean at the end of the day his name is going to be synonymous with this basically you know till the end of time and i understand that his political career just went you know down the drain and everything like that but as we look back on this let's say in you know 10 or 15 years do you think chris christie is going to be looked at as kind of a winner in all this Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's the case for most of its lifetime was called Christie versus NCA until he he left the governorship. And then the new governor for Phil Murphy, his name went on that just as a matter of uh, logistics. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't exactly the biggest proponent of sports betting. He just signed the bill. So the law, so the, the case of his name, because he was the person who signed the bill into law back in 2014. So, but yeah, I mean, we're going to think back and like Chris Christie was at the Supreme Court. His name was on the case. He, you know, he championed this to some extent and short of somebody else. Yeah, we're, we're going to say, hey, look, Chris Christie. His name is on this, and he was the person who, you know, we can most proximally credit with uh, with sports betting. You know, and that's not necessarily the truth, but it it's probably going to be like his name is probably going to be on the marquee down the road. Yeah, I mean, if you're Chris Christie, you're you you were very happy about this going this way for sure, because if anything, it might help rewrite some of the some of the way that you're going to be remembered in the history books. Because, uh, yeah, things didn't end too it didn't end too pleasantly for him there in his political career. So at least maybe if this is his lasting legacy you know 15 20 years down the road uh way better than what it would have been so i think he's probably pretty happy about this yeah no doubt he's happy about this i mean his, <laughs> his legacy is going to be like help his legacy wants to be helping atlantic city and obviously he like uh this is a little in the weeds for two some people but he, he uh orchestrated a state takeover atlantic city helped their straighten their finances out we now have two new casinos going in in new jersey and now they have legal sports betting so part of his legacy is going to be you know helping bring Atlantic city out of the ashes. I think one of the, well, several big, big winners in this from a financial side of things are the gaming companies, at least overnight here, we're looking at 888, the stars group GVC, which is uh, the, you know, the parent company to Ladbrokes and Coral, William Hill. All of these are up. The guardian wrote an article this morning claiming that 888 William Hill and Patty power Betfair increased the value collectively of their companies by 1.5 billion overnight. You have Caesars, Churchill Downs, Penn national Boyd, Pinnacle and MGM all up here. Whenever we're talking about stateside companies, um, when we look at, when we look at this, I mean, I guess you could say, Dustin, this would be a bit of an overreaction because as we mentioned, this isn't just one of those things where everybody can just flip the switch. But, um, you know, listen, the excitement surrounding these and I think probably people are trying to get themselves in a position, uh, maybe even for the long term here, because when you look at some of these companies, especially like a William Hill, um, they're, they're positioned pretty well here in the States. Yeah, you're looking more long term. I mean, obviously, there's a big bump yesterday in some of their stock prices. Um, but yes, we're, I mean, sports betting is an opportunity. I mean, as, as term we always talk about where we try to tamp 
down expectations on real revenue. But this is a, this is also an amenity for casinos. This is something that's going to increase traffic, increase interest. It's going to be a way to market to new uh, or lapsed customers. There's a lot of value in sports betting, and I think investors know that. Uh, I think the biggest winners are definitely kind of the regional casinos that are that have played have casinos in a lot of different states that might legalize sports betting. So you're looking more at like uh, like Penn National and Boyd, which have casinos just all over the place. Uh, they have they're kind of you know. Like MGM has, uh, in, well, is in New Jersey with Borgata. They're in. They have two casinos in Mississippi. But so their 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 footprint immediately is is kind of big. But over time, it's smaller. So those little those regional casino operators have a big opportunity in sports betting as it kind of rolls out in more states in the coming years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you're going to see. Um, at least from an MGM and Caesar side of things, maybe they come out um, swinging a little bit more on the uh, spend front. I think they're probably going to do su- supremely heavy marketing. Um, MGM, I guess, does have a casino in Detroit. They've got one uh, just outside of Baltimore, I believe. They've got one in Illinois. So there, they are, there are a few. And of course, Caesars with their Harris properties um, have Harris across the country as well. I think these are probably going to be guys that come out and we see some some pretty big marketing campaigns and some pretty big. Uh, marketing spins, I would imagine sooner than later, kind of right out of the gate, especially from the MGM side of things with them being, like you said, in Jersey and being in Mississippi with having kind of the premier properties in, in both of those states as well. Yeah, and uh, like MGM just had uh, an Investor's Day where they're really touting kind of the the – the crossover between sports and, and what they do, uh, not just sports betting. Uh, obviously we, we've talked before about the Vegas night golden Knights and how that's, you know, that's right in the middle of a bunch of NBA gym properties on the strip. And that's really helped things. And they're, they're, they're just, they're looking at sports as a big opportunity and sports betting is obviously going to be a part of that too. They're certainly going to be a market leader with Borgata in New Jersey. I'm sure there'll be a market leader in Mississippi. So yes, I, I, I'd say, I'd be shocked if we don't see kind of a, a big push from MGM uh, as as things roll out in both those states and just generally. One of the other big winners, and this really goes to kind of how the trend of this has been going over the years. I mean, we hear a lot, especially in the gaming industry, but if you've just been following it in general, you hear about kind of the death of of horse racing and how the popularity has declined as they're, you know, the people who really were into horse, horse racing as they continue to age. Um, the The younger crowd really hasn't been into it. Dustin, I think the racetracks might be one of the absolute biggest winners in this for the fact that a lot of these sports books are going to be located inside of racetracks. And that might get, you know, new eyeballs on, you know, horse racing might get obviously is going to get new people in the door. And, you know, I think that that horse racing just in general probably is is one of the kind of you don't really see a, t- a lot of people talking about it but one of really the unsung like biggest beneficiaries in this strictly from the fact that you know getting an entire you know an entire generation of people that really have had little to no interest in what you're doing uh in the in the door at least to experience what you've got going on yeah, absolutely. I think if I'm a, if I'm in the horse racing industry, I'm really excited, probably more so than anybody else, especially in states where legalization is coming quickly. Uh, like we saw, we talked about the Kentucky Derby, and obviously there's a ton of interest in that, and a lot of the marquee races still. But like your average, you know, maiden claiming races uh, on a weeknight just aren't drawing a ton of people. So if you have you know a sports book in a in a in a racetrack, and you know, you have a mid a, a weeknight where just like there's NBA playoffs going on like this week, like that's an opportunity for you just to get. People 
people in the door that that are not coming to your facility right now, right? So it's a it's definitely a big deal. I think people will probably be a little a little uh, who don't follow this granularly like we do would be a little surprised to hear that tracks are kind of automatically going to be in this. But tracks are so ingrained in, in what states do, especially the you know the big eastern states and the midwestern uh, states where where horse racing is big, and they they are, they're invested in that and trying to help it out. And uh, yeah, tracks are definitely going to be opening sports books and be and you know, be catered to in the law. I think we even saw in New Jersey where one of the bills uh, has a lower tax rate for for the tracks to kind of help them out. So that's the kind of thing we're going to see in a lot of states, I believe. And, and you you hit the nail on the head right there. Is you know on a on a random night where you have the choice of if you're going to go to the horse track or you're going to stay home and you're going to watch a game. You know, especially if it's a big game, uh, an NBA playoffs like you're talking about, a, a World Series, whatever it might be, something like that. Um, now the opportunity opportunity is is there to enjoy both now how many people will take advantage of that we shall see but it will certainly be greater than zero which is what's happening right now so um definitely for the racetracks a big thing there tv sports rights owners are also guys that tend to you know looks like this is going to be a big big thing for them i mean if you listen to basically all of the stuff that's going on right now uh the pitches coming out of espn a lot of these television networks i mean uh, you know one of the things with the advent of the dvr dustin and you know this is as well as anyone is the fact that live sports is really one of the few things that we actually watch live anymore. You know, sports is one of the few things that we're not watching off of a DVR. We're not kind of fast forwarding past the commercials and things like that. And, you know, when you're talking about increased engagement and you're talking about, you know, more eyeballs that are seeing your ads that are seeing commercials that are seeing different things like that. Uh, t- these TV sports rights owners, I think are, uh, are jumping up and down as well. Yeah, I think that's the the big piece of the puzzle that we'll see kind of happen. I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure. I haven't had the time to look and see who has the next, which big league has the next rights deal come up. I think the I think the NFLs might be up in a couple of years. But if I'm uh, if I'm a sports league trying to sell my my TV rights, I'm I'm jump I'm jumping ar- around uh, crazy <laughs> and yelling all the time right now. I'm like, this is we're we're in for a ton of money. Uh, you know, like exactly how much that is and how, like how much they're going to be able to negotiate is open. But you know, there's no doubt that we're going to see increased ratings, people watching games longer, uh, and that's you know those are all those are the the the, uh, the numbers and the metrics that that the TV wants to see out of out of games, and we're going to see that you know as as more states legalize it, you're going to see uh, definitely. In increase in, in eyeballs and uh, in in the metrics and how people consume sports. And it's going to be good for, yeah, it's going to be good for the leagues in that they're going to get bigger TV rights deals. And it's going to be big for advertise, for uh, for sports networks that are going to be able to charge a premium for their advertising. So uh, lots of money to be made on both those fronts. Yeah. And, you know, we look at as technology advances. I mean, if you've never been overseas, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. But I mean, you know, it's one of those things where betting is just ingrained into the society. And it's not really one of those things that is looked at as weird it's just a thing that happens you know there's hundreds of bet shops around london things like that um that when we look at how technology is advancing on our side of things over here that technology is really going to get us to where you know we're in 10 years we're just going to be talking to our television making bets and different things in game i mean we're literally we're going to say like hey siri put ten dollars on you know whatever it's it's going to happen i mean everything is going to be 
I already asked Alexa to place bets for me. What are you talking about? Yeah, but yes, <laughs> absolutely. There's definitely going to be um, more of that. You're there's the, the technology. We've only tipped the, the, the it's only the tip of the iceberg. I think. I mean, uh, we always point to Europe and like in-game betting and like all the products that the the sports betting products that you see in Europe are really diverse. And now that the United States is coming on board, these companies are going to have you know more capital to invest in what's going on. They're going to be um, there's there's just no absolutely no doubt that we're going to see uh, things just continue to get better we're going to uh, yeah we're going to be able to place bets on your tv no doubt yeah. there uh, like um you know it's going to be super easy to place mobile bets you're going to like all the states that we're looking at are, are going to have some kind of mobile wagering in it we're going to we're going to see these mobile apps evolve into something that's more than than what we've seen so far i think yeah product innovation now that it's legalized should really really ramp up and i mean if you're if you've played any of the apps in nevada i mean from from version one of these things to where they are now is night and day and you know now that there's even more reason to really 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 invest in kind of the the way the consumer you know uh, uses your product i think that that's going to uh be big as well now one of the this one falls kind of on the winners and losers list here and that's the leagues themselves and you know obviously on the on the winning side of things we talked about the engagement deal and we've talked about different things like that and but really for, for me i think major league baseball and golf uh really stand out to me as a couple of sports dustin that i i think are really going to kind of get the uh, you know the biggest boost here obviously nfl has fantasy football and that has really you know really really helped as as far as engagement and different things in the popularity as far as nfl goes the nba has really never been hotter than it is right now you know a lot of the younger kids like all the action the tons of scoring you know different things like that obviously the players you're not wearing helmets you're not whatever the there's close up on faces they're very easily recognizable um things like that but with major league baseball and golf you know you talk about uh engagement being down especially amongst young young people and i think maybe is an opportunity here with sports betting uh to to really kind of maybe give this a little bit of an injection of youth here whenever we talk about major league baseball and golf and maybe golf especially in particular yeah and we've seen obviously daily fantasy sports golf continues to be a growing vertical for 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 vandal and DraftKings. so i think there's a there's a definite argument that golf is is going to be a huge part of what happens. Uh, we always also saw FanDuel CEO today on CNBC talking about tennis as a, as a big thing for the U.S. Like tennis is, you know, pretty pretty much we, we pay attention to the majors here. It's kind of a niche sport here otherwise. But the in-game betting opportunities on tennis uh, especially are, are, are can't, as much as you can imagine. Right. So, yeah, these I mean, baseball, kind of a slow paced game, obviously. I mean, I love baseball. But if you want to if you want to keep following the odds and, and bet in bet in game or yeah, what's going on, it's. Uh, it's definitely it looks like it's going to be something that that will help that their bottom line and, and definitely golf too. like if you can like getting through four rounds of golf without having any kind of monetary interest <laughs> is, it can be a bit of a slog so right, if you right. you know if you can if you can uh, play some wagers on on a tournament through uh, Thursday through Sunday I think it's definitely going to definitely help them and I think that's why we've also seen the PGA Tour sign on with the with the lobbying effort with NBA and Major League Baseball yeah absolutely I mean whenever you think about golf I mean it's it's when when the if it, you don't just have to bet winners in golf you can bet head to head matches different things like that so it, even if you're you know you bet a guy to win a tournament if he's not in first or whatever you still can have interest because you bet John Rahm against Sergio Garcia so there's there's a lots of different things with golf that I think uh, could it could help with engagement there and, and lastly here on the winners obviously the team owners uh, it the news kind of came out today the Carolina Panthers are going to bring 2.2 billion dollars for the sale of that team and we're talking about the Carolina Panthers here 
here, Dustin. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, down the line whenever one of these, you know, really major market teams ever happens to come up for sale, what they're going to bring. Mark Cuban comes out with a statement that he believes that, you know, and it's hyperbole. We talk about hyperbole here, but, you know, that, that everyone's everyone's teams went up 2x overnight, which that's not the case, but certainly value increases here. And, uh, you know, this is going to be just one of those situations of billionaires making more billions, but certainly the team owners, uh, big, big winners in this. Yeah, I mean, how, how smart does Tillman Fertitta look right now? Owner of the Houston Rockets, bought them, uh, what, last year? Owner of the Golden Nugget. He's getting, he's going to make money on both sides <laughs> of this thing. Like, I, like, I want to be that guy. That's He's uh, he's got it figured out. So, um, yeah, 2X, uh, I mean, eventually sports spending could help as, as part of a, you know, formula to get 2X of franchise values. It's obviously not the case. The I mean, the Panthers were, uh, you know, valued about a little more, uh, more than that, I think. But, I mean, they're paying, the, the new owners paying all cash i believe which has a ton of value for because then you're just getting the cash if you're all the other owners like just i mean who would love who wouldn't want yeah. another you know couple uh, like almost 100 million dollars they're, they're for, not having to like scramble together 15 different investors who are all right. just like throwing in like their last little piece this guy can like stroke a check and it's over i mean it's like, right, like that's yeah. how rich this guy is yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think it, no, the teams are have got to be happy and you're going to start like Ted Leonsis has also been out there saying some fairly ridiculous things. Uh, I mean, he's been the one who's saying, oh, we're going to have kiosks in our in our arenas. Like <laughs> I, I know the NBA is liberal on sports betting. I don't see them like actually having kiosks like tomorrow for like in, in arenas. So we'll see for sure. But it's uh, yeah, uh, of, the, of the long list of winners, the NBA team owners are probably pretty happy too. you know, Mark Cuban, one of the most outspoken owners in, in all of sports. And of course, he didn't take long to get out there and spew some nonsense. And, you know, he gets on the Dan Patrick show on Tuesday morning and he decides to bring up, you know, yeah, well, this is one of those things where we got to make sure that somebody at a community college isn't shaving five points for So listen, it, let's end this once and for all here, this argument here. And this is one of the my biggest thing, one of the absolute biggest pet peeves for me when people talk about point shaving this that, and the other. For one, you can't get money down on a community college anyway. For one, you can hardly get money down on smaller colleges as it is anyway. A lot of the times there are very low betting limits on those obscure colleges and obscure games as it is if you can find the lines anyway. So uh, you know, Dustin, and then we get to the professional sports leagues and people talk about, you know, this, that and the other, you know, with this integrity and blah, 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 blah. Listen, the minimum salaries here have gotten to the extent and especially the guys that can really affect the outcome of a game. Their salaries have gotten so completely absurd that there is not enough money for you to pay a guy off for him to not do for, for him to throw a game and risk any sort of losing this, you know, guaranteed huge contract that he's got. I mean, there are betting limits at these windows. You cannot go up and just say like, I want $20 million on this, that, and the other. Like, <laughs> like and, and that that's what it would take to bribe, you know, like a Tom Brady or a quarterback in the NFL, you know, to throw a game and stuff. So there, there, this is what we were talking about. You know, if you followed us on Twitter talking about, there's so much hyperbole out there. There's so much falsity, so much inaccuracies that are going on. And the, these people bring up these old arguments that, yeah, if you want to bring that up in the sixties, by all means, because that could be a very real thing, but where we sit in 28, this is just not the case. Yeah, I mean, the, the I got fired up about the, the community college comment from Cuban. It's like this: there is no regulated book in the United States. I can guarantee you that is taking any action on uh, on community college. They're probably not taking it on anything less than D one anyway. So even if they're permitted under state law to take college action, which some places they might not do that, which which would also be silly because you're trying to get get mm -hmm. uh, get betting off the black market. But yeah, it's, there's. 
you know, like you said, there's, you know, college athletes aren't making a ton of money. There's at least some concern there that they could be manipulated. You need to do, you need to take care in monitoring what's going on in those games. But at the pro level, there is, yeah, there's zero chance. I mean, I'm not sure what Pete Rose is making when he, you know, when he was betting on games, but it's, uh, it was pocket change compared to what major league, like Pete Rose would be making, you know, what, 25 million, $20 million a year right now if he was in the league, right? He's not, you're not, you're not gonna be able to manipulate. And he was like, there's no real sense he was even manipulating games. He was just betting on them. So find me a way. Yeah. Find me a pro athlete who can affect the the outcome of a game uh, that can be bought off. And I'd be shocked. And let's also point out that if they wanted to do this, they could be doing it right now. It's not if we're moving betting into a to a legal market, there's there's less chance that people are going to like try to get a zillion dollars down in a a regulated book in in Mississippi. That's just dumb. (laughs) If they're going to do it, they're going to do it in an offshore book where they have anonymity. They don't have they they can they might be able to get their their limits uh, up and they don't have the same kind of monitoring for the leagues and data companies. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a ridiculous argument. Legal legal betting is way better for integrity, no matter what, no matter how you do it. It's going to be better. And yeah, exactly. If you, go screw <laughs> exactly. And if you do want to make one of these massive bets, I don't know if you know how this process goes. If you know, for those of you that live outside of Vegas and whatever, but like, it's not one of those things where you can be a mystery man and walk up with a briefcase with a million dollars <laughs> cash in it and then just put it down. And that's how it goes. Like once you reach a certain level of a bet, like they want to know who you are, what's going on, how this all, how this thing all is going down. Like they're not going to let just mystery man X come in and, and lay down these huge bets and things. And, so again, it just it's it's all these inaccuracies that are out there and people talking hyperbole because that's what gets the clicks and it's just not true. So listen, this is why you stick with us. This is why you're listening to this podcast right now. You are being <laughs> filled in on how things actually work when it goes on. Now, the losers in this, we mentioned the offshore betting sites. And of course, that's going to be more of a long term thing. We do think there's probably going to be at least a small bump in the short term, but certainly long term, the, the offshore betting sites are going to lose market share as more and more. Uh, states continue to pass things because at the end of the day, there are people who I know, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but I, you know, people I know that live in states where they don't have access to legalized sports betting. And really they just bet out of necessity. It's not because of choice. If there was a choice for them to bet legally, they would. Um, It's just really right now. It's the only thing. And they want to have action. They want to have something going on these games. And so, you know, it would be foolish of us, Dustin, I think to sit here and say that these offshore books are, you know, all because they can offer lower juice and stuff that they're going to be able to to still thrive now some of the huge whales that where you know a a 10 cent line or a nickel line certainly makes a huge difference to guys like that you know they might still choose to put some of their money over there but i mean by and large those whales are few and far between we're talking about the general public here we're talking about the masses and the masses are likely going to want to do it where they can go in they put their ticket down they physically take the cash if they were to win i just believe that's people's and that's people's nature yeah, and you know, books are gonna books in the United States are gonna make their money on volume, right? They don't care. They're like having those whales is nice, and being able to balance the action is good. But they need a ton of casual betters who, so they can get that vig, so that they can get like not sharp play. Um, that that's where they're gonna make their money. They're not making their money from from the whales. So if they get if they get critical mass, and they just get a, enough people moving to the legal markets, and just people, yeah, I mean, like I like I like I look, I have bet on offshore sites. Right. I don't usually do it. But um, 
it's like if I have a legal option here in Oregon where I live, I'm going to take that even if it's mm-hmm. charging more because it's something that I trust. I know, you know, I know it's being done. It's going to be done on the up and up. And I think there's going to I think there's a lot of people like that who are even more like that with me. If they see a legal option, they're going to say, hey, this is something I want to do. Um, like they like we people always overstate, I think, the, the VIG and the prices that charge by books. Like if you have something in front of you that you know that you can trust and like you're going to. Yes, you're going to you're probably going to that vague or you don't even know it exists we, we've seen it in dfs right the DraftKings and fan constantly raise the rake and they people complain just keep, people complain but they play anyway i mean yeah, seriously like if, yeah. you, like if you like if you like if it was so bad that you couldn't that you couldn't <laughs> afford it you didn't want to do it you would just stop playing right, right. that's that's gonna be this, it's gonna be the same dynamic with sports betting almost certainly yeah um one of the th- one of the arguments that i see is people saying that bookies aren't going to be that affected because there are so many people who you know oh no they want to play on credit and you know they don't have the cash and so it's better for them to play on credit but my kind of contradictory statement to that, and I want to see what you feel, is the fact that I actually think now that you know some of these states are going to have skin in the game and they're going to be getting revenue from this and they're going to have businesses located within their state that actually draw revenue off of sports gaming and stuff like that. I actually think that the law enforcement side of things is actually going to crank up here because there's reason for it to crank up. Not to say that they've been turning a blind eye to bookies all this time. Obviously, we read about it in the paper all the time, but... I think that there will be an increased focus on really, really hammering down on these guys now because there is a reason to because it makes the state uh, more money. Yeah, right. I mean, right now, uh, if you're a, a corner bookie, you're are you really hurting anybody? Probably not. Is it is it illegal to run a book? Absolutely. But as long as you're not breaking people's kneecaps and you're you're running a fairly reputable, you know, behind the back door business, like it's not hurting anybody. It's not there's not a whole lot of impetus for yeah police officers or to, to to jack that up. I mean, we see it happen. I mean, every few weeks I see some story about somebody getting prosecuted, and it usually seems like it's a slap in the wrist for right. right. It's like it's like a fine and uh, like uh, two years of prison. Like that's the, that's what it, it ends up being. It's not uh, that bad, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to definitely be the case that um, we're going to see increased enforcement where like the laws themselves might not do that, but it might become a point of emphasis for states that legalize sports betting. Because like you said, it's, there's, they're competing with these offshore and with the local bookies now. Like if you, if you ran a business and you don't try to, and you had a, some method to try to stop your competition, wouldn't you try to do that? And right. when you're a state, you're, you have law enforcement at your disposal. If you think those, the, those, those corner bookies are, are hurting your business and what your and your ability to do things, then you're going to do something about it. I think we, I mean, we see it before. We've seen it with marijuana. I know, and uh, here in Oregon, we've legalized it, and they they spend more money on enforcement of of uh, people who are growing illegally or mm-hmm. who are, are selling illegally. Like they, they've stepped that up. Like there, so there's a real there's a real uh, real world comparison there for sports betting. So I wouldn't just feel like if I'm you know uh, Johnny Bookmaker on the street, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm going to be fine. I don't think that I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yeah. And and I think you make a great point as well that a lot of times these guys, whenever we do see these cases, it does seem like it was more of a slap on the wrist for a lot of them. And maybe the actual punishment becomes a little bit more severe. And and they probably try to make a point of emphasis on that, that, hey, if you're doing this, you need to stop. And if you're thinking about doing this, you really should think otherwise, because we're going to be cracking down and coming down much harder on these people than we have in the past. So definitely a great point there. And then finally here, you know, the NCAA and the and, and the 
leagues themselves. We talked about the leagues being winners, but I think the leagues are also losers here just from the fact that, you know, they were beating this drum and, and going on and on and fighting this so incredibly hard and, and trying with this whole integrity fee nonsense. And, you know, Dustin, I mean, if you're the NFL, I, I, you, you definitely know that this is good for you, but at the same time, you're probably, I guess, still grumpy because you're, you're set in your ways that you're not getting it the way that you want it. Yeah, look, you wasted what you wasted six years of uh, of of fighting this in court, right? And uh, all that for to lose. And when you could have been doing something more productive for your for your sport, you could have been um, trying to legalize it via Congress, which is what mm -hmm. they want. We saw an effort uh, come out yesterday that's obviously spearheaded by the NFL via Senator Orrin Hatch in the in the U.S. Senate the, to to try to regulate uh, sports betting at the federal level, and that that's really what they wanted all along. But they couldn't really do that because of this ongoing case. If they went to Congress and said, "Hey, we want to legalize sports betting," like the case is kind of over. I think like you can't. Mm -hmm. Like the it's it was enough that they were doing it at the state level, but now we're like, it's 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 so it looks so hypocritical. So yeah, it's at, there's uh, there's a big problem for the leagues in in moving forward because they want the they want federal regulation. I don't know how light, likely that is. We're in election year. Like I don't know who's going to touch a sports betting bill in Congress this year. Uh, if, if they if they move one, I'd be you know shocked. I, I, you know I've been shocked before in covering the gambling industry, but I just don't see the the will to do that. And then we're yeah, and then we're left with a patchwork of state laws that is not ideal for sports betting, but it's how it's going to happen. It's not ideal for integrity monitoring. It's not ideal for, for the leagues and then trying to, you know, be a part of it, whether it's whether whether you agree with what they want to be with, with integrity fees and everything else they want. Um, I mean, leagues need to be involved with integrity monitoring. They need to be a part of the process. They need to have a seat at the table, if you will. So uh, I, I definitely see the leagues as, you know, yeah, they're, they're big winners for sure. But yeah, there's uh, it's, it's it all seems like a, a lost uh opportunity and pissing in the wind for the last yeah. six years as we've been as we've been doing this and uh, we could have been uh, way ahead of the game instead we're just starting here in 2018 yeah, basically fighting the inevitable and of course they were beating the same drum yesterday whenever they released their statements the nfl's long-standing and unwavering commitment to protecting the integrity of our game remains absolute that is how they started out their statement do, I, you, do I have to drink now i, I said I, I, on twitter if you i have to drink every time i see integrity of the, <laughs> the game now so I, I, mean, I, I have to get a, i have to get a shot i think uh, yeah well i'll let you go pour one after we get done here we're, we're, we're nearly about to wrap this up the nba of course same deal you get to the end of their statement regardless of the particulars of any future sports betting law the integrity of our game remains our highest priority so they continue on with the same path of this integrity integrity you get to major league baseball and there it is again our most important priority is protecting the integrity of our games we will continue to support legislation that creates airtight coordination and partnerships between the state and casino operators. So again, you see this time and time again with all of these statements with these leagues here, and they talk about how they need this fee, you know, this integrity fee that you're going to hear even more about now, especially now that this, that this is, you know, really front and center here, guys, you're going to hear about this all the time now. And, you know, Dustin, you, you've brought it up a lot on, on Twitter through articles, a lot of people, I think, you know, even kind of national media hosts, which actually, you know, surprised me listening to some of the big talking heads, the, the Jim Rome's, the Colin Cowherds, the, the even the Dan Patrick's and Rich Eisen's of the world who have big, big platforms who are obviously, you know, deep entrenched in sports and have been for quite a long time, even see through all this nonsense and are basically, you know, crazy talking, telling these leagues that they're crazy, you know, for for saying this stuff. And, you know, one of the things that this this kind of 
it makes you laugh about is it almost as if they're saying that they haven't been doing their very best to 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 try to protect the integrity of their game up until now because they're saying well we're gonna have to ramp up our efforts well my question to, to the league would be Dustin is why the hell is there not ramped up efforts already why are you why is priority of, of keeping the integrity of your league only now as opposed to 5 10 20 years ago because sports betting is still has been around forever so why now do you need the integrity at aspect of all this yeah that's the dumb part of the whole argument is that it's it, it they, they imply that there's not integrity monitoring over anything that they're doing now which is absolutely not the case i mean there's betting in nevada and there's betting in europe and, and some other regulated markets outside of that to, to think that they're doing absolutely nothing and you know like if, if, if they're selling that i don't i don't think they necessarily sell that but they they when they they present it from a bird's eye view like oh we need more money for integrity <laughs> i mean it, it does imply that they're not doing anything but they you know if they you press them on it they say oh yes we're you know we're we partner with these these data companies like genius sports and and sport radar to say to 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 look at our data to make sure there's irregular they, they provide the data to the bookmakers as well they make sure there's not irregular batting patterns if per, if athlete performance doesn't mesh up with and and actually matches up with some kind of weird betting pattern then you have a problem and that, they're already doing that it's a matter of you know flipping on the switch as other states do it it's not like we're, we're not reinventing the wheel here when it when we go live in the United States and uh, it if they apply that and it's kind of uh, wink wink nod nod that it is and that then it's it's a problem and it's it's not what's going on already and yes the leagues are already very concerned (laughs) with integrity and are doing plenty on that front here's an idea instead of integrity integrity fee if they need more money dustin why don't they devote why don't they come out and say you know what we'll devote all the sponsorship dollars that we get from these betting uh, institutions to and, and and put it directly towards integrity because you're going to get tens of millions of dollars spent by the Caesars and the MGMs and the William Hills and the Betfairs and everything of the world. So that's one way. If you need all this money, if you need money and you really only need it for integrity, then then just take the tens of million tens of millions of dollars that you're going to get through sponsorship stuff and and put it towards integrity. There you go, leagues. I just solved the problem (laughs) for you. If you need the money and you only want it for integrity and that's what you're saying that you need it for. I solved the problem for you. You can have the idea for free. Thank you very much. I think this is why we've seen them back off of uh, integrity fee alone. I mean, they want to, they call it a rights and integrity fee or just a rights fee or royalty. I mean, they just want to be paid, right? They right. don't, they don't, they don't care why they're just <laughs> trying to come up with, they're just, they're flailing about trying to find, find the right formula to, for statement lawmakers to say, Hey, okay, we're going to start cutting you checks. Right. So, uh, absolutely. It's, it's, it has it, the, the, look, the cost to them is not, annually tens of billions of dollars for doing this. That is absolute nonsense. Uh, people, I, I was arguing with people on Twitter who are arguing that there's all these new costs. There's not new costs there. I mean, it, is it going to cost more because there's more betting? Yes, but it's these costs are incremental. They're not like they, like they have to empty their wallets and they can't afford it. And, right. and in addition to everything we talked about earlier that they're going to benefit from sponsorships, TV, TV deals, et cetera. I mean, they're coming out way ahead on sports betting before uh, any a state gives them one red cent. You and I have both run companies and run budgets and things and different things like that. And like I could put together a very, very good team to monitor every one of these sports leagues and all the integrity and in sports bets and everything that you need to on a couple million dollars a year. So, I mean, like for for for. <laughs> For one percent of all the hand, I mean, like let's let's just let's be for real. I if you need to hire me, I'm I will come in and I will run this department for you, and I can do it very lean. And I promise you, we will have a <laughs> lot of success here. So, if you are one of the rock people that we were talking about.
about at the top and you actually were living under a rock, you're going, Matt, Dustin, when can I make bets? What is going on? I mean, uh, this is all great and this is fine and dandy, but when can I make bets? Well, you're in luck because that's what we'll talk about here. Monmouth Park, Dustin, has come out and they threw out a date that uh, seems fairly optimistic, but I mean, it. Yeah, at first when I read it, I was I kind of giggled, but now it seems like they are really doubling and triple down on 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 this date of of, of May the twenty eighth here. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're just. I don't know what to make of it because I've talked to the game regulators, regulators in New Jersey, and they don't. They give me a no comment. They don't. They say that doesn't really mesh with the idea that in two weeks' time, from when we're sitting here, that there's going to be legal betting at Monmouth Park, right? If if the regulators have like are not going to say, yeah, hey, everything's open for business, let's go. That's uh, that's a, like that seems to be to me to be a signal that oh, we're not going to be ready for sports betting in two weeks. So, um, I think I think New Jersey needs to you know issue regulations number one for the gaming regulators. Whether whether they're going to do that or, or not without a new law is a question. And then we have uh, parallel efforts in the Senate and the Assembly in New Jersey to legalize wagering and regulate it and tax it. Uh, and then I, I'm actually I saw a, a, a quote from the attorney general's office, which says they, they stand ready to implement and enforce whatever laws the legislature pass or passes and the governor signs. Until that time, we'll continue working with stakeholders to address the legal and practical considerations that remain before sports gaming officially begins in our state. That doesn't read like something like, oh, we're going to turn the lights on in two weeks. Does it to me? I mean, right. once again, reading between the lines, William Hill may know something we don't. Uh, I mean, we we know we hopefully will have Joe Asher on this podcast in a, in a little while. He was he's the CEO of, of William Hill US. Um, but yes, it's I mean, to some extent, I think it's William Hill generating press. Like they want to be they want to be the first ones. Monmouth Park wants to be the first ones to be open. Monmouth Park has a lot lot of uh, lot lot worked into wanting to be open with sports betting. So I'm I'm betting no on or over on May 28th. I don't know about you. One of the things that they put out, um, and this is one of the things that's actually been hasn't really been touched on a lot. Um, 150 new employees, actually, they're saying that this is going to create. So there's going to be job growth here. There's going to be job opportunities for people uh, with the expansion of sports betting as well. So one of the things to uh, to keep in mind, 150 at Monmouth Park. That's I think that's a pretty good number. Um, so we teased it at the top of the show, Dustin. I'm going to let you take this away. Some breaking news here in the gambling industry that actually uh, involves two different aspects of things that we cover here on this very podcast. So uh, take it away here. Yeah. So uh, sources are telling me that Patty Power Betfair is very close to acquiring FanDuel, a uh, daily fantasy sports site um, here in the U.S. Obviously, Patty Power Betfair, you might not be familiar with it here in the U.S., but uh, they own TVG, which runs online horse betting, actually own a D- another DFS platform called Draft, and they are a largely European-facing bookmaker. They also have a New Jersey online casino via Betfair Casino uh, in that state. But this is obviously a big move for them uh, should the deal close that they're uh, looking just to acquire customers in, in in heaps right away for for sports betting as they roll out. FanDuel obviously has a pretty big uh, database of players who are, are primed for sports betting. So um, I don't have confirmation yet that the deal has been done. I'd be, um, from what I know, I'd be shocked if it doesn't go through. But um, it's, this is one of those things of dominoes falling in the sports betting industry uh, after the decision um, that things are going to like happen pretty quickly here where people are going to be positioning themselves, European bookmakers, and, and online software providers are going to be angling for whatever you want, and we're going to see just more and more deals. That's actually, I'll, I'll apologize now for uh, cutting off. I was, there's actually another deal in the works right now, not in the DFS space, but in the sports betting space. So I'll make sure to turn my phone off for the next podcast. But the uh, <laughs> but the fa- but the Fanduel uh, the Fanduel news is uh, pretty big, and it's uh, you know, it's a it's a sign of what's coming. 
in, in the sector. Well, all the things that uh, all the all these breaking things that are going on will obviously be found at LegalSportsReport.com. So be sure and head over there. You can find the commentary at TheLines.com as well. You can follow Dustin at Dustin Galker. You can follow me at Matt Brown M. Two, Dustin, this has been a fun one. We got a lot of information packed into a good little 40-ish minutes here. Um, didn't run through the, the news of the week, but obviously this being just the biggest thing to happen in the industry, um, we had to devote pretty much all of our time to this. So uh, glad we did, and it was a good podcast, I believe. I, I agree with you. It was a good podcast, despite my flub. Uh, yes, we're, uh, <laughs> we're now in a brand new world. There's going to be limitless things to talk about before. It's a lot of speculation. Now we're going to have news to talk about pretty much each and every week. So uh, exciting time to be a part of this. Yeah. And, you know, we're four episodes deep here, uh, starting episode five. We're going to try to start bringing on some some guests here, uh, some people that you may know from the industry and some people that you may not know. We're going to introduce you to some, uh, some, some movers and some shakers and some other really uh, smart people when it comes to gambling news and industry stuff stuff so uh be sure and follow us and subscribe and do all the different little things that you do to all of your favorite podcasts we would appreciate it um for dustin i am matt we will see you guys next week